episode 776. The NFL Combine is underway and the Green Bay Packers are busy interviewing prospects. To go inside the mind of those players and the pressure they face, we call upon Dr. Yardin Shabazz, founder of Pro Speak for Athletes. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravoon. Today we're discussing the NFL Combine. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the phone today. Bazaar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We have Dr. Yardin Shabazz, founder of Pro Speak for Athletes, an organization that helps athletes with public speaking. Dr. Shabazz, how are you today? What's going on, BC? Everything <laughs> is great with me. Very good to hear. I'm glad you're enthused for this interview. Before we get to some into some combine talk here, Dr. Shabazz, mm-hmm. can you introduce yourself, your background, and what you do with Pro Speak for Athletes so our listeners kind of understand where we're going with this? Hey, it's full disclosure. Full disclosure. I'll tell you anything, whatever you want to know. Hey, <laughs> here's the deal. I'll even, I'll even let you know my secret because, you know, I know I can confide in you, Brian. I know you're not going to tell anybody. I have a doctorate in education. I've been a public speaking instructor and coach for years. I've taught on the middle, high school, and college level. And full disclosure, I have Tom's jersey. So <laughs> now that that's out there, I feel better because I know you're not going to tell anybody. I know our listeners going to keep it to themselves. And this is what I do. Anybody who wants to get ready for the public speaking circuit, they come my way especially for those guys getting ready for the broadcast booth. right? You know how it is. When these guys finish playing, only 5% of them get into that broadcast booth. So they come to me for any type of edge. Very cool. Uh, we're going to get to that media uh, broadcast part of it in a few minutes. But with the NFL Combine underway, we're going to start there. Dr. Shabazz, what, what are the challenges faced by players when they interview with NFL teams? And, and what are some of the key things they need to express this week as they you know, have that big job interview? <laughs> the biggest challenge the players have to be prepared for, and they know it's coming. They know that it's like speed dating. It's, okay, here we go. <laughs> Sit down. 15 minutes. Okay, so tell us this. What happened with this play? They're going to pull up a video, and they're going to sit the players down, and they're going to have footage of all of the players' worst plays. Not their best plays. No, they're <laughs> going to put up their worst plays. And, Brian, they're going to – sometimes, Brian, they'll have one scout or one GM in one ear, and they'll have another executive in another ear, and they'll ask the player – Hey, man, what happened on this play? Hey, how did you miss that read? Okay, could you tell us what you were thinking here? Because you just made a huge mistake that really led to it. And the players, they have, a, they have an option. They can be defensive or they can just own up. And that's a challenge for these young guys because, come on, you're the best of the best. You're an elite college player. What, how would you feel? when you have two executives or sometimes three or four executives surrounding you with footage of your worst plays asking you, how did you mess up that read? 
That's a huge challenge for anyone. But they need to express honesty. It's Brian, if I bring you in for combine, Brian, I say, hey, Brian, look, look at this right here, man. You totally missed that read. How did you let this guy get by you? Brian, I will consult with you, and I would say, Brian, listen, before you go in there, I need for you to just own up to everything. And, uh, Brian, I want you to go back to when you were 19, 20, 21 years old and think about how hard it was. Come on, we're all alpha guys at one point. (laughs) How hard was it? No, come on, we were all there. We were all there. Think about how hard that is, how difficult that is to own up and say, I was zoned out. I was actually thinking during this play here, did I leave the iron on? I, I totally missed my block. This guy got around me, and I just messed up. That's pretty intimidating. Uh, I can. It, it reminds me of just job interviews that I've done in the past. I've. It's been a while since I've been an athlete, basically ending with my high school career. <laughs> but I can imagine the pressure that they're feeling. But, Dr. Shabazz, the players are also meeting with the media at the Combine mm. this week. How does that type of speaking differ from what they'll encounter in their interviews with teams? And, and what do they need to keep in mind in dealing with the media? When a player is interviewing with a team, he has an opportunity to raise his stock. When that same player is interviewing with the media, he has an opportunity to enhance his brand. There's a difference. For instance, Brian, if let's say the two of us, we're, we're back in our 20s, man. We're out there. Come on. You remember how we were studs. We were studs back in the day. Come on. You know that. And we, we both ran the same 40, Brian. We both bench pressed 225. I could bench press at one time, which is very impressive, I'm sure, <laughs> if I was at a combine. I, I don't know about you, but I could do it once. I mean, hey, I know I'm going to get some look. So we're pretty much neck and neck. But when it comes down to the interview, that could be the decision right there. Okay, I'm going to go with Brian because – this guy was honest with us the entire interview. Now, this guy over here, this Dr. Shabazz guy, he was very defensive. Now, when we leave that interview, I may drop maybe one or two slots. It may not hurt me too much. But when the media rolls around, we're talking about brand. Hey, let's go back with RG3. What year was that? Was that 2012 when RG3 was at the – when he went through the combine? And, man, they – they just loved him. You remember the reports? This guy speaks so well. He was just so articulate because articulate athlete translates to an intelligent person who can read our plays. He can run our system. But not only that, when RG3 went out with them for the media, there was a time when he went to Berea for the, the Wookiee Symposium. And this guy was pulled aside before anyone, as far as the media was concerned, He was the bee's knees. And that right there led to endorsements. It leads to, come on, this guy was so congenial. It enhanced his brand so much. He could have sold feminine products. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you've got to give more stock to the way you speak for any type of interview. 
Yeah, and that can uh, impact their bottom line uh, in their pocketbook quite a bit. Um, you know, oh, we, yeah. we've talked a lot in generalities. I got some specifics here. There's a, there's a couple players at the Combine this week that come to mind, potential first-round picks like Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey. Mm each of whom decided not to play in their team's bowl game, instead choosing to prepare for the NFL draft. Now, they're likely to face questions about that decision and their dedication mm-hmm. to their team this week. What would be your advice to them as they face those difficult questions? I would tell Leonard and Christian, hey, guys, I would bring them together, and it would be a, it would be a short, short consultation. I need for both of you to answer every question honestly because every exec already knows the answer to the question they're going to ask you. They already know the answer. They know the answer to everything. They know exactly why you didn't show up to play that game, Leonard. And Christian, they know why you didn't decide to play. They, they know mm-hmm. the answer to every question. They, Brian, <laughs> these guys have looked at their Twitter accounts their Instagram accounts, their Snapchat <laughs> accounts, Snapback, Snapback. They've researched their families. They know everything. The interview, most of that is set up just to see, okay, if this guy has any integrity. Is he going to lie to us? Guys, I need both of you to go into this interview, set up the sword, fall on it <laughs> if you have to. <laughs> it looks like, be honest, you have to. Leonard, why didn't you show up? I was crampy. Got it. Christian, why didn't you play in the book? I was gassy. Okay, got it, guys. I appreciate that. Of course, they already know the answer, but these players need to understand that going in. They're set up to be tested for their integrity. Yeah, good advice uh, to players like that and uh, certainly much more than just them that are all facing difficult questions this week. We're talking to Dr. Yarden Shabazz of Pro Speak for Athletes here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Uh, Dr. Shabazz, switching gears, can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with former Packers linebacker Niall Diggs, someone our listeners are familiar with. He's been a guest on our show in the past, and he's a player that's part of your speakers bureau. Tell us about him a little bit. Niall Diggs is a poet, a certified pilot. He's a writer. He's, he's a public speaker who just happened to play professional football. (laughs) (laughs) Nail is so philosophical. He's he's a philosopher. And you, it would only take you about two to three minutes to, to realize uh, what what makes his makeup. It's very interesting. I remember when I first started working with Nail, it was about what, three years ago now. And when we first started, I'd take him when we ever had, whenever we have sessions, Brian, I, they're, they're very rigorous and I just, I, I have to coach as if the game is tomorrow. <laughs> so it's no, nope, read it again. Nope. That was terrible. Okay. What do you think about that? No. Do you know how many times you use conversational fillers? I just counted 13. You are not going to get an analyst job saying, uh, um, you know, and you have to read it again. Okay. No, stop, stop everything. Okay. Start over. Read it again. Nail would simply almost expressionless he would just take all of my critique he would nod 
And when I would say, okay, let's do it again. Ready? He would say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just when I'm waiting for him to try to knock my head off, he would just run through it, run through it. And I ran it. We, we would rehearse and train and practice, and we would hold sessions sometimes that would go beyond the time that we had actually allocated. And this guy never complained. He worked at his craft. And now he's one of the best analysts I, I've seen. And, and it's amazing because now I look at him, he's, <laughs> he's kicking stuff back to me. He, just, he was just in Milwaukee last week, and he had a Go For It Summit in which he, his platform now is about financial literacy. So he's trying his best not only to educate young NFL players, but young people in general. So he goes to these to these seminars and he says, Hey, may he, I say, Hey, how'd it go? How, how was the last, how was your last presentation? Yeah, it was a piece of cake, but a couple of guys on that panel, they need to work on their articulation. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. This guy. Unbelievable. Yeah. He's, he's doing, he, he's doing a great job out in San, the San Diego market now. And he was a great player oh, with yeah. the green Bay Packers. How, the people on our show know him. Um, I wish, wish we could still have a player like him on the team. Uh, but Dr. Shabazz, oh. what, what type of advice do you give athletes like Niall Diggs that have joined the media after their playing days are over? You have to work twice as hard. And do not call me unless you're willing to invest time. Don't, don't call me. You want to get that job as an analyst or you want to get preparation for the public speaking circuit. And that's great. And look, man, there are, if we look at former NFL players, and if you were to research the types of jobs they're most likely to transition into, number one on the list is not analysts. That only goes to 5%. Mm-hmm. Number In the top five, it would be motivational speaking. These guys, number one, they have a platform. Ryan Newfield used to play for the Buffalo Bills. He has a beautiful platform. It's about autism awareness. Uh, David Carter has an amazing platform. He's the 300-pound vegan. Niall Diggs <laughs> has an amazing platform, financial literacy. You need to be aware now. But do not call me unless you're willing to invest time because there's a new trend now, Brian, and you've seen it. There are many current players, they're given, they're given sports show minutes now. Remember, 20, 30 years ago, you did not see a current player on a sports show network. Hey, we have here with us so-and-so from the Kansas City Chiefs. He's going to weigh in on the playoffs. And I, like, wait a minute, this guy's a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> Who's his agent? Because that guy is working in network. Now, that doesn't mean they're set up for life. Because you get one shot. And you've, you've seen plenty of players get those sports show minutes. And there are some who have big names. They're allowed to coast on their star power one year before they're replaced with someone with better skills. Mm-hmm. My advice to all players is to invest in public speaking training now. Don't wait until the end of your career and then start trying to get the skills together, you need to invest now. You have an off season. You can put down a PS4 for 
a couple of hours a week. You can invest. Okay, it, unless it's for honor. I saw my son playing for. <laughs> hey, Brian, seriously, man, have you seen that game? My my fifteen year old was playing for honor the other day. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. What is this? It's like Mortal Kombat on steroids. So I can understand that. But if you can set aside at least two hours a week, you need to start preparing for. And Brian, this is something that current NFL players do not like to hear because you know they're going to play forever. But you need to start preparing for career transition now instead of waiting until the end of your playing days. And for all of you guys who have already you've already put in your time with the NFL and you're a former NFL player, my advice to you is you have to work twice as hard. You're not meeting with me for two hours a week. You're meeting with me for twice that amount because there are players who are playing now who are sexier options for those analyst jobs. And if you call me, have a platform ready. What is the message that you want to send to the people? Yeah, good advice and uh, good advice for current players, uh, especially during this time of year when the pre when they're during the off season when they have a little bit of extra time to focus on those kind of efforts. But Dr. Shabazz, thank you so much. Before we let you go, what is your website and 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 how can people reach you? My website is prospeakforathletes.com. I am on Twitter at, at @prospeakathlete. You can find me on Instagram proathlete speech trainer contact me at any time but if you are a professional player do not contact me unless you are ready to put in some <laughs> work <laughs> we got some work to do man we're trying to land we're trying to land jobs brian we're trying to get some analyst jobs it's hard it's a tough market it's a very competitive market it is it is get an edge <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Shabazz, thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule to talk to us. It was really informative. Uh, best of luck you to it. you, and we'd love to have you on again sometime. Anytime, DC. Anytime. Okay. Take care. Dr. Yardin Shabazz of Pro Speak for Athletes uh, joining us here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with our show. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment, there appears to have been some progress in the talks between the Green Bay Packers and a couple of their upcoming free agents, at least according to the players themselves. Those players are running back Eddie Lacy and offensive lineman TJ Lang. Let's start with Lacy making an appearance on the podcast from of ESPN's Adam Schefter. According to Lacey, he says, quote, talking to my agent, the Packers have been very vocal about having me back there, end quote. And with the NFL combine taking place, you have to imagine talks be between the two parties uh, will progress from here. I'd only be repeating a stance I've said on the show before. I'm more than happy to see Lacey return to the Packers in 2017, as long as it's a one or two year contract and they don't break the bank to do so, I think he'd make a nice compliment to Ty Montgomery. But perhaps the even bigger news than the free agency aspect is the details of Lacey's ankle injury, which he revealed for pretty much the first time. We all knew 
he had an ankle injury. That's why he went on injured reserve this past season. Lacey didn't exactly use the language a doctor would probably use, but I'll share what he said so as to characterize the injury as accurately as as I can or as accurately as Lacey did. I, I don't want to draw any more conclusions than what Lacey said, but he said, and I quote, <clears throat> Quote, I messed up my deltoid and widened the bone on the ankle, so I had to get two screws, two wires, and a plate to fix it because I messed up my deltoid ligament, end quote. Lacey would go on to say the healing process is four to six months and that he's on the fourth month right now. So that's more serious than... I realized, and I think most people realized, and of course this was all very unfortunate for Lacey. You know, if I had to speculate, Lacey said his recovery time might take four to six months, but even if the Packers re-sign him, I wouldn't expect them to take many chances, you know, during the offseason. I wouldn't expect them to participate much at all during things like OTAs and minicamp, and if he does participate, it probably, you know, will grow as time goes on, probably starting off not doing much other than rehab, maybe toward the end of the offseason program by the time minicamp comes around, maybe doing some stuff by then, and I could certainly see him being somewhat limited in training camp as well by the time we get to July and August, so... Yeah, that's where we stand with Eddie Lacy right now. So, I mean, good news and bad news kind of all combined here in that we're learning what he had to go through, which sounds really, really, you know, more extensive than I ever thought. Two screws, two wires, and a plate to fix his ankle. I didn't know that, you know, he had all that done. Um, I mean, uh, the Packers obviously knew about this. It's just that he's taking it public for the first time here. Maybe some other teams in the NFL are hearing this for the first time now. Um, as uh, he gets prepared to enter free agency, this may have kind of, you know, changed their thinking a little bit. But perhaps that works to the Packers' advantage. You know, in terms of wow, he really had a. A fairly big ankle injury. We probably shouldn't give him all that much money. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. But, uh, yeah, that was the big news on Tuesday uh, in the world of the Green Bay Packers. As far as the other player making headlines, T.J. Lang appeared on ESPN Wisconsin's Wildy and Tausch show on Tuesday, saying that he and the Packers have had some, quote, Good conversations. Uh, this, of course, comes less than a month after an appearance on Sirius XM Radio in early February when Lang characterized any contact from the Packers as non-existent, at least up until that point. Um, so this may be another instance of progress being made, but Lang also alluded to wanting to test the market. Uh, so, uh, that, that, that would make it seem that it's unlikely he's going to re-sign with the Packers before the start of free agency. 
but take that with a grain of salt, I guess, because things can change at a moment's notice at this time of year. All of a sudden, he gets an offer he likes from the Green Bay Packers, and whoa, I'm signing on the dotted line. Forget that about me testing the market. Um, it, it, it just all depends. If he gets an offer he likes, he would sign a contract. If he doesn't get an offer he likes, he'll test the market. So uh, there's nothing really uh, we as fans can do about that, but watch at this time of year. Um, the decision the Packers have to make on Lang is among the toughest they'll make this entire offseason. Obviously, I think everyone from the from not only the fans but the coaches, the organization, they'd love to have him back on a team friendly salary, but that might not exactly come to fruition. Lang obviously will want to make as much as the market dictates, whether it's with the Packers or not. And I really don't have a strong opinion on what the Packers should do. Obviously, from the fa- the fan in me wants them to conserve as much money as possible, you know, that they could potentially spend other places so they have a healthy salary cap and things like that. Uh, I like TJ Lang. I still think he certainly has gas left in the tank. The question is how much, you know, could he certainly play at a high level for a year or two? I- I'm very confident he can can he play at a high level for four or five? Uh, that's iffy. Uh, and, and certainly you have to reassess things after a few years. Uh, there's many different ways the Packers can go with this right guard situation. Should they decide to move on from TJ Lang, or I don't want to characterize it as just the Packers' decision only here, uh, if, if Lang decides to move on from the Packers, either way you want to look at it, you know, there's several different directions the Packers could go. And, you know, just starting with the options already on the roster, certainly they could go and draft a rookie and he could come in and and, and start for them. We don't really know about that. But there's a lot of options already on the roster. Uh, one of them being, and they're all kind of maybe a little bit unconventional. But I could certainly see if, if T, then we're making the assumption here, TJ Lang leaves in free agency. One direction the Packers could go is kicking in Brian Balaga from right tackle inside to right guard. I say that uh, it is unconventional because Brian Balaga has never been a guard, to my knowledge, in the NFL, in, in college. Maybe he has in practice or something like that. Certainly in a game, he's he's basically always been a tackle. And so so kicking inside the guard would certainly be a change for him. To me, it makes sense in that he's always been a little bit limited athletically in that I I don't want to sound like he's a bad athlete. As, as far as offensive linemen go, as far as tackles go, I mean, he's not the the worst by any means, but he's just not among the that top tier of you know the the what you think of as the athletic left tackle. Nobody's putting him in that category. He's an okay athlete, and, and you just think, well, maybe if he kicks inside the guard, it's it's not quite as big a deal in there. He certainly seems big enough and strong enough to handle it. And so then, who do you have at right tackle? 
the guy who you really do think is going to be an up-and-coming athlete and the guy you invested a second-round draft pick into last year, Jason Spriggs. There's a lot Jason Spriggs has to work on, and mainly his strength more than anything. He really looked like he needed to pack on some pounds, pack on some muscle on his frame in 2016. Um, but I, you could certainly see that the athletic traits were there. He, he's got good feet, and I think that's the biggest reason the Packers, you know, drafted him, uh, hoping that the strength will come. And maybe it's time for that if T.J. Lang moves on. You kick Brian Balaga inside. You could put Jason Spriggs on the, out on the outside at, at right tackle and kind of keep things intact on, on over on the left side. Now, that's just one option. Another maybe unconventional option is if T.J. Lang leaves, the Packers could decide instead to keep the other offensive lineman slated for free agency, J.C. Treader. That that kind of frees up some some money, and, and maybe it makes sense from that J.C. Treader, although he's been oft injured in his young NFL career, he is the younger player. He's got years on T.J. Lang, hopefully good years, because when we've seen J.C. Treader out on the field, it's been pretty good. The problem is we haven't seen him enough. But that, I'm just saying that takes up, you know, the, the, the money could be there if the Packers decide not to pay T.J. Lang the $5 million, $6 million, even $7 million he could get in free agency. Well, that can be allocated somewhere else and, and maybe to J.C. Treader. And I'm not sure what you do there. I tend to think if the Packers wanted to go that route, you actually make J.C. Treader the center and I think you move Corey Lindsley to guard. And again, unconventional because I don't think Corey Lindsley has ever played guard either. He's been almost strictly a center. I just think he's kind of that strong mauling type of guy that he fits better at guard than J.C. Treader does. J.C. Treader's moved around quite a bit. He certainly, I mean, he's played center more than anywhere else. We've seen him play at tackle. I think maybe, you know, we've seen him during training camp in the preseason at guard from time to time, but certainly not a ton. So it, w- it would be tough for either Lindsley or Treader. But I think if the Packers were to go that route, you make Lindsley the guard, Treader the center, and, you know, obviously one backing up the other, um, no matter what kind of happens there. That's a route they could go. And then the other route, the Packers, and this one's probably maybe a little bit less likely yet in that you don't know what you got. But, I mean, the Packers also invested a draft choice last year into rookie Kyle Murphy, who was on the 53-man roster all year, got a cup of coffee in the NFL. Maybe in his second year, he's ready to step into a starting role. He certainly has a lot of pro- lot to prove. I don't mean to intimate that he's ready to step in right now. Obviously, you know, the offseason and training camp would all be those proving grounds for a player like him. But that's another option the Packers have in that if Lang moves on, maybe Kyle Murphy's the guy at right guard. Um, so th- there, there are options there is what I'm saying. 
that this is a very interesting situation. And like I said, they could draft a rookie here. You know, if Lang moves on, they could invest maybe not a first-round draft pick, but a second or a third into a guard that could step in and be a starter. That's an option as well. Or, or go out and get somebody in free agency from another team. And like I'm saying, if you're not making that five, six million dollar investment into Lang, that money can be spent somewhere else. So it's a difficult decision. One, I don't really have a strong feeling they should do this situation or this, you know, kick Balaga in or make Lindsley a guard or put Kyle Murphy or draft. A, these are just all options I'm saying the Packers have. And it's going to be really interesting to watch, you know, what happens here at that position and the the negotiations that the Packers have with Lang. I wish I could listen in on them. Unfortunately, I or nobody uh, outside employees of the organization are probably privy to that kind of information, uh, but it would be interesting. All right, uh, finally, uh, the Packers made a few changes on their coaching staff on Monday. Uh, that was also in the news. The only new face is one that we kind of knew already, and that's Tim McGarrigal, who's been added as a defensive assistant. We knew that because the University of Illinois announced his departure and said he'd be coaching with the Green Bay Packers, even though it took the Packers like two two weeks or so to make it official. But among the other changes, however, is David Ray being named offensive perimeter coach and I think people are probably wondering what does offensive what does a offensive perimeter coach do uh, that's a question I'm sure will be posed to Mike McCarthy at the NFL combine uh, but to give you some background on David Ray his title last season was assistant offensive line coach but prior to joining the Green Bay Packers he held a very similar title to what he holds now called specifically outside receivers coach. That was when he was at Texas Tech University for a few years. And that, you know, outside receivers coach is opposed to inside receivers coach. I have to imagine that means working specifically with receivers on the perimeter while slot receivers will work separately. Obviously, they're not going to separate the two exclusively. When you have meetings and things, you, you know, you, you're going to you have meetings together and you're going to mix groups up in practice. And sometimes a guy will practice with the inside receiver. Sometimes he would practice with the outside receivers. It would change, things like that. And I think they're and I think they're just trying to refine their duties on the Packers coaching staff. I, and I don't think it'll be just restricted to wide receivers either. In today's day and age, you know tight ends can be flexed outside. And I imagine they'll fall under David Ray's responsibility as well. Uh, so that that was just a little bit of insight here into what the Packers have done with their coaching staff no huge changes with the you know especially with the coordinators or anything like that uh but yeah that that's what's happening and they did not fill tom clement's you know coaching title of associate head coach for the offense they just left that vacant and and everybody else is doing everything Status quo, basically. Edgar Bennett remains the offensive coordinator. Alex Van Pelt remains the 
quarterbacks coach. So uh, and and Mike McCarthy is the play caller. Uh, so they're just not having an associate head coach for the offense. Uh, Winston Moss remains the associate head coach for the defense and would take over as head coach should anything happen to Mike McCarthy, a title he's held for quite a long time. The other promotion the Packers made, uh, Jeff Blasco being named assistant offensive line coach, taking over for David Ray, who leaves that position and moves over to offensive perimeter coach. Um, Okay. The day ahead. Packers general manager Ted Thompson and head coach Mike McCarthy will hold press conferences at the NFL Combine on Wednesday. For Thompson, it's the first time he'll meet the media in a public forum since last season's training camp, so going back to August. And for McCarthy, it'll be his first time since the his season-ending press conference following the NFC Championship game. Reporters from across the nation will be in attendance at the NFL Combine, and especially the local beat reporters, they're going to examine every word and publish a plethora of articles about what Thompson and McCarthy have to say today. As you can imagine, there will be a ton of questions about free agency and nearly every unrestricted free agent the Packers have right now. There will also be questions about the NFL draft and the direction the organization is taking as a whole. So there is plenty of ground to cover uh, for, you know, for Thompson and McCarthy today. As for specific times, and this is probably, if you're listening to the show, wondering, uh, Ted Thompson is scheduled to speak at 10 o'clock a.m. Central Time. Uh, Indianapolis is in the Eastern Time Zone, so 11 a.m. Eastern Time, with McCarthy to follow at noon Central Time. The only place I can guarantee you can watch their press conferences is streaming live on the Packers official website at Packers.com. Um, now, that that I know uh, NFL.com, the, the league's official website, has coverage. I don't know if they stream every coach's or, and every general manager's press conference or not. So yet you'd have to check it out. That's why I'm saying that the safe option is to go to Packers.com. And I know the NFL Network is televising a lot of this stuff as well. And again, I I just don't think they're going to you know cover every NFL coach's press conference and every general manager. So that's why I'm going to direct you to Packers.com instead to to stream it there, watch there. If you want to watch the whole thing, because you know it's been a long time since they've talked and you want to know what's going on with the team, that's the place I suggest you go. Now, uh, interesting, I'll, I'll give you a little behind the scenes here. Uh, this is my first, first time in seven years I am not personally covering the NFL Combine. And so I got a little bit of experience of what happens there. There are both Thompson and McCarthy kind of, they hold these public press conferences that are televised, that are streamed online. But then after those are done, they meet with the media off the screen as well. Uh, They kind of go into, well, at least this is the first year they're holding the combine at the convention center in Indianapolis. So I'm not too familiar with that. They used to when it was held at the stadium go into kind of the the breezeway in, in between some rooms and 
and and reporters could talk to uh, McCarthy and Thompson, you, you know, it would be filmed. You know, there would certainly be like local broadcast media filming it that they would play at, you know, their local news stations. It's just not streamed anywhere. So if you see comments from Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson, it, you know, if you're reading an article and seeing comments and be like, they didn't say that in their press conference. That's why there are these things that aren't streamed, these separate interviews that do take place uh, that you're not going to see. They do happen. Uh, you know, I've I've covered them myself. I've, I've recorded the audio. It's nothing nefarious. They just don't stream it. They do take place. So that's why you may you just may read a quote or something and be like, I didn't hear him say that. So just be aware of that as as you read articles today, tomorrow, news items coming out of the combine, uh, and you may be confused. It, it just happens kind of basically uh, in a in an environment that is not in front of like this this stream or broadcast or anything like that. Uh, but that's what's happening today at the NFL Combine, and, and prospects are continuing the process here as as new groups arrive at the NFL Combine. Like we said, running backs, offensive linemen, specialists, they arrived yesterday. Quarterbacks and wide receivers uh, arrived today, and, and by the end of the week, they'll start to uh, um, go through the, the workouts and things like that. Uh, we're getting close to the time where they're getting ready to run the 40 and do the bench press and all that in short order here uh, coming up, uh, you know, in just a little bit of time. So there you go. That's what's happened in the world of the Green Bay Packers. And that'll do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us here on a Wednesday morning. We'll be back again on Friday, as we are every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8.30 a.m. Central Time, the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. Actually, already have our guests lined up for Friday. It's going to be Evan Western of the Packers blog, Acme Packing Company, part of the SB Nation Network. We've had him on the show several times in the past. He is in Indianapolis, so we're glad to get somebody's perspective who will be there today talking to Thompson and McCarthy, as well as to all the college players looking to join the NFL. So happy to have someone on the show who's live in Indianapolis. Um, and yeah, so you can look forward to that on Friday. My call to action today's show is brought to you by B-Rock, Madison's upcoming craft beer bar looking to open in the coming months, of which I am the prospective owner please give us a follow on Twitter at BeerockMadison. That's spelled B-I-E-R-O-C-K, Madison, like the city. We're not open yet, but we're hoping to spread the word on social media so we got customers when we open the doors. Thanks for your patience, everybody. And uh, that does it. Uh, have a good Wednesday, folks. I'll leave you today with a song called The Place That I Call Home by the infamous String Dusters on Psy Fidelity Records. See everyone. Go, pack, go. Go.